hopefully this is the actual episode 44 that will be posted unlike last week's episode that had technical difficulties when it got like 40 minutes in are but, we going um, to uh are we going to stop midway through just to be yeah clear? well i'll stop at around like somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes and then like come back i'll just stitch it all together um so what'd you watch this week okay um, so i did not see um, invincible invincible oh my i God. watched okay. did you see I, snyder cut at all i did see the snyder cut okay great and i saw um back on the winter soldier okay that's good <clears throat> let's talk snyder cut yeah, let's do it because this will be the first hour uh, viewers will hear of it, even though we've talked about it. That's true. Um, yeah. I, you know, I saw I saw a comment on Twitter, and and I probably agree with it. There is probably a good three hour and fifteen minute movie in there. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's right. Frankly, I I think you thought. That the first two and a half hours was like first two and a half hours were kind of like, uh, and then the last hour and a half I was like, I'm down for this. I am I, down for what's going on. I frankly enjoyed the first couple hours, probably okay. a little more than uh, the Maybe. end. Um, okay. I, I think it was the way that the story was told. I think there's way too much. If there's going to be fat getting cut out of it, it's going to be um, the fight scenes that you did not need the whole dark side fighting the Amazons and Atlanteans to be like this 12 minute scene. I thought I thought that I thought that helped give it gravity um, of how severe his return would be to Earth. It's probably a little long. It had a very it's, it's literally like, twelve minutes. It doesn't Lord of the Rings long. sort of thing going on with it, yeah, which helps give alliance. it its sort of epic scale sort of um, feel to it. But mm-hmm. I think in general it was fine. I, I think Gal Gadot um, being yeah, the her seven minute exposition scene narrator. Like, <laughs> her she just should not have been the narrator. She, right, she, they, she should they, not have been the one giving the. Yeah. They should have brought in um, what's her face, Galadriel, and just let her. Even though she's yeah. not even a character, just let her talk through it because just, it, just it like would Kate have Blanchett, just yes, Kate Blanchett. The world yeah. is not what it was, yeah. r- r- right? And yeah. which, um, so I, I, I liked the, God, uh, the character development of Cyborg was so much better, good, and frankly needed because you didn't know dick about him in the first one. I, yeah. I, I was looking at like, um, uh, Steppenwolf, and I was like, you know, I do not remember Steppenwolf looking this um, extreme and vicious and whatever. Yeah, like yeah. Steppenwolf was they made, like they just made him look like a dude. Yeah, yeah, and I guess from what I read, they Instead were say, right. It, I guess from what I read, they said they want to make it safe for the kids. I guess so they could sell the merch, and it's easier to make a doll out of. Um, what he was right he, he was just some dude with some outfit and i know yeah, the character he, itself he like is just armor. some dude but it was very well his whole thing was extreme and how his whole Literally armor is making like him look knives like that came made him look like he came from the video game doom kind of helped his whole style well um, and 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 that sort of took 
this is this is sort of the dance that Zack Snyder does. Zack Snyder, like uh, everything he does, has such weight to it. And at some point, it's like it's so serious, and you do want to say, "Fuck, dude, it's a comic book." Okay. No, but, it's not so much that. It's just like the the things that are so serious don't have don't always have like the 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 swelling music and the slow mo and the the lens flare. Sometimes all you just need is a little bit of quiet, and something just happens. Like, yeah, it's not always just this big like. Right, it's not always, and he makes everything like a crazy production. Yeah, and so I get, so I get the flash scene, the flash scene when he goes for the dog interview. Yeah, where that is retrieves the hot dogs, and then literally that song starts playing, and it's just like this woman. You hear the woman like singing, and you're like, "Is this really about to be like this five and a half minute scene?" And it is, and it's just like, "What the hell?" Uh, It's I I mean that that listen if you're doing a four and a four hour plus movie, a five and a half minute scene for Barry Allen, who up to this point. No, but here's the, here's the thing. It's the least, it's the least, we know the least about him, I'd say. Yeah. But like, the thing is, you're never going to release a four hour movie in the theaters. Okay. So I don't want, I know. no, no, no. But you have all these Snyder apologies. Like this is the version we should have gotten. It's like, you would have never gotten this version in a movie theater at best. It would have been like you said, Three hours and ten minutes. Probably two. Probably two four. Probably yeah, two forty-five. It would have been, yeah, yeah, realistically, it would have been two forty-five, two fifty. But the thing was, Batman v Superman was two hours and thirty-one minutes, and that movie fucking sucked. I've never, I've but, never. Seen but the supposedly, like the ultimate, supposedly yeah. the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman is good. Okay. Supposedly. So I, I, I don't know. Is the Martha from what scene, I've hold read? On, hold on. Is the Martha scene still in there? Does Who Superman? The fuck knows? I, I, Superman, I, I don't know. Let me, let me, Dude, give I me a second. Just give I know, me some time. I know, if I know, Superman, I know. You have to puke it out. Just get Super, the poison out. Why? Why would Superman <laughs> go up to Doomsday with a kryptonite spear? Why wouldn't Wonder Woman do that? What at all? Wonder Woman was getting some good licks in on Doomsday. Why would Superman go up to him with a kryptonite spear and then it's like so he's weakened and then he stabs him in the chest and it's like why? What's the logic behind there? Why does Lois Lane drop the spear in water and then she has to go back to get it? She's about to drown and then Super. It's so contrived that movie. Everything you know, Superman doesn't hear his mom get kidnapped, but he hears Lois Lane dropping from a building half a world away. But he doesn't hear his mom get kidnapped. Like there, no, it doesn't work. But it doesn't work. But but here's the deal. Looking back on it. They, you know, people say that the Batman versus Superman Ultimate movie is good. I'm not gonna say it's great, and and this is a significant step up. It's from the passable. first Justice League movie. This is this is a significant no, step up I'm from the first Justice the League movie. Cut, I, I doubt that it's good. I'm I'm sure it's passable. But yes, well, the but, Snyder cut. I'll give it its props. Snyder cut is actually but, more good than bad. But, Right, right, but but the, no, I think I think it's good. I think it's long. I mean, by the end of it, it's like okay, and the whole singing of Hallelujah at the end, I'm just like, oh Jesus Christ, man! I mean, yeah, look, he, put, lighten, he put Hallelujah, light the in, fuck up. Yeah, I mean, he put Hallelujah in uh, Watchmen as well during the but but, but yeah, that, that, that that's that's correct. When yeah. the owl, what was his name? Was it the owl? Uh, yeah, Night Owl. Night Owl. 
Was yeah, not Alan Silk Spectre. Silk Spectre delivering too. a package to uh, Silk Spectre. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he's putting, he's or, putting or, his penis or, into her vagina, if you know what I or, mean, or or at least trying to. Um, uh, so well, trying to at the house, but when they're in the ship, he does. Oh, got it. That's when yeah. he succeeds. Okay, okay. yeah, that's, that's when they're playing Hallelujah. And so, then um, the fire blows out from the ship when he climaxes. If you didn't know what happened, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the the not so subtle mess. That that that's when Dad leans over to nine year old son and said, he, "That's when he came." <laughs> um, so I was, um, I was twelve, I think. But go ahead. We didn't see that in the movie theaters, though. No, but. I actually didn't even see it with you. I think we rented it from Blockbuster when I was with mom and we watched it. And because it opens with that times they are changing from Bob Dylan and all these historic events through 20th century America and like yeah. the Kent State, the Kent State shooting. This woman puts a flower into the barrel of this gun and then the gun goes off. It's like, that's not what happened. Oh, my <laughs> God. I mean, I mean, that's like the Pepsi commercial with one of the Jenner broads. Like, give me a fucking break. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. Anyway. So, but circling back to my larger point. Yes. So you hear that Batman versus Superman was at least significantly lessened. Um, a lot of it being because, um, you know, I think the studios and Zack Snyder's vision... They don't want to put a, a three-hour movie in the... Well, no, no, no. But, but, but I think just that Zack Snyder's vision is not compatible with what Warner wants to put out. And... Um, I think that it would have been a significant pissing match. I doubt it would have even been a two hour and 45 minute movie. It probably would not have been very good. Um, if he had, re- if he had stayed on as director and Joss mm-hmm. Whedon hadn't been brought in, jo- Joss Whedon being brought in was, um, oh my God, I mean, a real, at some of those themes. Oh my. Well, well, I, I mean, beyond his, Lack of professionalism, which frankly, I mean, which is probably being generous, which frankly um, seems to have yes, put yes, him out of a job on, at this point. Moving on, moving oh, on. Are you uncomfortable talking about it? Or no, it's just like we've we've mentioned it. It's not we, really important it. to what we're but, talking but, about. But but the tone, it. it's like it's it's not even like a Zack Snyder film anymore. And I know it's not because it's a Joss yeah. Whedon film, but um, I'm. I think it's like the way I look at it, it's like, okay, I'm happy that this was made. It obviously succeeded in getting people to get HBO without question. Because there's yeah, gonna be so junkies that watch numbers, this. Yeah, how was the number? It did like there weren't exact numbers, but basically whatever Wonder Woman eighty four did, this did about eighty percent of that. Really? Wonder that's, Woman Okay. That's yeah, that's actually pretty good. Like Consider, uh, I, considering okay. Justice League already came out and you have yeah. to educate the public that this is entirely different. The fact that it did 80% of what Wonder Woman 84 did in its first like weekend on HBO Max, that's that's pretty good. Like that's that's actually to me, I'm like, oh, that's really good. There's some people saying, like, oh, I'm disappointed. I'm like, no, that's that's really good. Like a lot of people watch Wonder Woman 84 that first weekend. So the I, fact I, that it did 80% of that, and it's basically a lot of the story beats are kind of the same, like that's I mean, I'm not gonna lie. That's really good. I, I, um, well, it, and and it certainly succeeded. And H- HBO's got another one that's gonna draw people in coming that we'll talk about later. But yeah, um, I, so, I, uh, I, I, I just say, I enjoyed it. It's it is too long, but it's perfect yeah. for HBO Max. 
they frankly could have re, um, they split it into parts. They should have split it into parts and just had it be a weekly thing. Um, oh, and, and I disagree. I think if they made it episodic, they probably would have done a little bit better. Um, eh. Maybe not just because you know how it ends, uh, sort yeah. of. Um, so. I, I, I did not. I was you, not. the The ending was sort of a mess to me. I mean, I oh the nightmare ending. Yeah. Oh, I liked. I liked the nightmare ending, but um, it should have been. Somebody said it perfectly. It's like it should have been end the movie, roll the credits, then just put that as a tag at the very, very end. That's what they should have done, and that is what they should have. They shouldn't have just put it on after Martian Manhunter comes to Bruce's house, which so which yeah, is a complete of waste Manhunter. of a. That's such a complete waste of a scene. Like, why you're you do that to set it up for the next movie? There ain't going to be a next movie. Warner well, is also, not going all, to like, throw three hundred million dollars at another no, movie like this. But also, it's like you know, Martian Manhunter. Where the hell were you? <laughs> you know, we're you know, world's about to end. All this other stuff. You're just chilling. Like, what's going on? Pretty big plot. So, what's Martian Manhunter's deal? Power. Uh, he's, I'm sure he's got all the usual, like, supposedly he's like incredibly powerful. From John right, but Jones. why is he like, why is he acting like a watcher and just observing everything? That's what I don't get. Uh, super strength, speed, stamina, metabolism, durability, supervision, um, electromagnetic spectrum vision, x-ray vision, night vision, heat vision, regeneration, extended longevity, flight, uh, Martian nine senses, telekinesis, telepathy, Pain induce- inducement, astral projection, shape shifting, invisibility, intangibility, genius level intellect. Um, so yeah, he's pretty okay, he's pretty powerful. Um, okay, but yeah, so so it's like he's you know he's the uh, so like he shows up, he's in two scenes, and it's like okay, but and he is he's disguising himself as a member of the military. Yeah. Because he's been in those movies Man of as Steel, a member of the military. Superman, yes. As a member yeah. of the military. So he's always been it. He's just. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or is Harry Lennox's character actually exists and he's just posing I as him? Just. He's just some of these unanswered questions like, why do we park in the driveway and drive a parkway, right? Right, exactly. These are these puzzles um, that will riddle us till we die. Yeah. Uh, but then there's, there's that. I did like the scene when they're digging up Superman's body and Flash is kind of like, oh, you think she'd go for a younger guy? And he goes, Barry, she's 5,000 years old. Every guy's a younger guy. I'm like, okay, that's wasn't pretty, that pretty a, Wasn't that in the original or no? No, I don't think so, was it? I don't, I don't think it was. Maybe okay. it was. I don't know. But there's like that line. I know the Aquaman line when Cyborg is doing his deep dive. And Aquaman says his father just died. Like this is unfair. It's like okay, that's actually kind of relevant line because like he believes his mom died, but they want him to become king of Atlantis, and he's like, like I'm not fucking doing that. But uh, so there's that. I mean, it's you know, it's it. Look, I was wrong. It was kind of good. That was good. There. There. No, 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 no. no. I mean, it, it it was better. It was better and kind of good. It was good. It was good, and I think in some cases it was very good. I think it is, though, the weight and gravity that is given to all this stuff. I think that that's fine. They're fighting 
good old what's his name? Um, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, ultimately, 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 dark side. But but this because Steppenwolf was not intimidating in the Joss Whedon version, and so because of that, he was sort of like underpowered from what we saw in this movie, and superheroes were a little snarkier. It just was did not sort of have this sort of weight of like, no, guys, if we don't do this, everybody dies, period. Yeah. That was not the vibe. It's like this was the equivalent of, you know, it felt like in watching Justice League, it was, yeah, we got the three boxes. It was like a standard MacGuffin that might yeah. have been a winter soldier. Also, but it sort of was patented, more than that in this. Thank God the patented, like, family that one hero has to save. So that there's a human connection in Joss Whedon's thing. Remember, there was that family yes. that's like for some reason living in Chernobyl. It's like, wait yes. a minute, what? And Chernobyl. thank God, I mean, Chernobyl. Yeah, it's like there's a family there, and Flash has to, oh, you got to save the family. It's like that's such a Joss Whedon thing. Um, thank God, like I'm, oh God, I'm so glad that wasn't in there. But yeah, no, and also it was good, and and also I think like Flash, like Flash kind of just came off as a smart ass in the first movie. Like he yeah, he saved the family would do stuff. He actually seemed to have something more to do in this. Um, well yeah, he saved everybody because it's like you gotta break the rule, Barry. Right. He turned the like, time he turned back time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is um uh, which is a really share. uh yeah share if you've not seen that song. Um <laughs> Uh, what a what a fucking video! You want to talk about being drunk in 1989 okay, okay, on a okay. Saturday at one o'clock in the morning? And here's Cher shredding a damn cannon. Um, you know, it's like okay, we get the symbolism, and a whole bunch uh, of sailors like lined up cheering for. It's like okay, yeah. Cher, this 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 um, is a 1972. Okay, uh, so I did have a few more questions. So, what do you think, Superman in the black suit? Not gonna lie, I thought it looked pretty cool. Dug it, uh, dug it. Yeah, that, I dug mean, it. When he, but when he comes back, it's just like I mean that flash scene still works when Flash is running by him when he right, first right. comes back to life, and he his eyes move and Flash is like, "What the hell?" Yep. Um Well, that so was in the, that. that was in the Joss Whedon. Yeah, that was in the Joss Whedon version. Um, but there's that. Uh, there's I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, what do you think of the Wonder Woman, the Passion of the Christ music? Whenever Wonder Woman did anything. Oh. I just it, well, well, that's well, it's and and that's the part of um, but but that is sort of the epic scale that he's giving yeah. all these movies, and and it is such a so so there are parts of this that um, so what Joss Whedon has done with these DC characters in this movie, it gave it a more weirdly epic legendary like that mythic vibe. the mythic sort of feel in this movie than any marvel movie has ever done um yeah and and whether that uh, is that good or bad i guess it's good because the characters are iconic if it but, if it hits it's good the problem is when you have a martha scene in batman v superman it comes off as incredibly hokey but yeah ahead. but yeah but uh, i'm I'm just talking about this movie because I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, were there any sort of weirdly mythic uh, beats in the Marvel movies? And no, there were like, yeah, NFL playoff 
sort of things where everyone's coming through the portals and stuff. But that was not yeah. mythic. That was just like, hey, they're all coming back, and it was woo, yeah, like as compared not, to almost all inspiring. Like no, my, no Marvel movie is you know failed in riding up on the Pelennor fields and giving his speech about ride now, ride for ruin until the world's ending. Right, and right. It's like not, yeah, nothing's gonna be like that. It just but, isn't. That's just not but, what Marvel. But is. this sort of came as close in yeah. moments like that. Um, it came close to that. It came. Cl- I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say it came close. It it has come closer than any Marvel movie has. And yeah. then I'm wondering. And I'm not gonna say that's a weak link for a Marvel movie. Um, but I think that just speaks to DC's characters. The main ones are so sort of iconic, and that is probably why Joss Whedon is saying, well, "Why the fuck wouldn't we amp it up like?" Um, you well, know, we're fighting Satan or whatever. Thing, I, I would disagree a little bit because the thing is with Marvel scores, you're not going to have the operatic, oh, you're not going to have that. Now, I will reference, if you look at like the second or third official trailer of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, okay, there's a scene in the trailer where they have, they're following Spider-Man like they got a camera kind of running through the, the uh, skyline and they do some operatic shit in that trailer, and you can actually like feel it. Like it's like, oh snap! Like that's something different. But the like a lot of the scores and and all that stuff, they just don't kind of do that. They do kind of that fanfare type thing, which works. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're never gonna get that Lord of the Rings type of no. operatic no. music in a Marvel movie because right. that's just how it is. Not that it doesn't work. That's just it's just a different style. So that's where I would disagree about that. But yeah, the Wonder Woman, you know, throwing, it's literally the same music. If you look up Patch of the Christ vlogging scene, it's the same music. It's like, it's basically the same. It's just that the Middle Eastern woman wailing in the background. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, which I guess works because Gal Gadot is Israeli. So, um, <laughs> so, but, so yeah. what's interesting is that, so um, the Snyder Cut was like really pushed for in, um, Comic Cons and stuff, and there was enough heat behind it that Zack Snyder went back to water and said, I, I guess coming out of a Comic Con in 2019, where people like um, the the hashtag coming out of Comic Con of all the movies that were hashtag there, released the Snyder, which Snyder, Snyder Cut was the biggest, and that was enough to say, guys, you should do this. And so they said, fine. And now those same sort of junkies. Are saying they want the whole we want the Snyderverse, two- and you know what? Yeah, it shit ain't gonna happen. He's doing that no, Army and, of and Darkness Sarnoff, or whatever movie yeah, for Netflix. Sarnoff came out. Yeah, yeah. and Sarnoff came out and said it's not gonna happen. So yeah, no. What'd that? What'd you think of? Uh, what'd you think of Skinny Ben Affleck? Uh, skinny as hell, you know. So I'm watching it. Um, and and had some family over, and uh, um, it, they were all like. Okay, yeah, he just got skinnier. Um, yeah, you know, Down the bottle. you know, I mean, the, the chemo worked. You know, I mean, no oh, Jesus. Um, I I think that it was pretty. I think he didn't want to be there, but I mean, it was fine. I mean, as an add-on scene, I mean, I don't know. It, yeah. It's whatever. I mean, but he definitely, um, you could tell what we're like added. Um, oh yeah, I mean, hell, the the cowl didn't fit him in the last scene, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, but um, so I guess we can get to Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so they did something I thought they'd never do for episode two. Um, since we didn't post the last ep- the last episode because technical difficulties, we really liked episode one. Um, it was more just like we're glad they set the groundwork. Um, we were curious how far the racial like themes would go. So that's our brief recap of episode one. Episode two, I was very shocked they introduced Isaiah Bradley. I never thought that that would happen. Now I'm curious if they really go into it or if this is just a one-off scene of like, I mean, I think they're going to come back to it, but I hope it's not a thing. They come back at the very end and he's recognized by the government as a hero and da 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 some fucked up shit happened and they need to well so there was a you brought this character in like so there was a run of um there was a run of comics and i forget what it's called where they were testing the super soldier serum on a bunch of black soldiers in world war ii yeah red white and black it was called truth red white and black was that what it's called okay and was Isaiah Bradley the one who survived because they like tested it on a whole bunch of people and they all like like, a bunch of them died one of 300 yeah, so basically after Steve Rogers, they tested a, they made up a serum, tested a whole, on 300 African-Americans. One of them lived, it was Isaiah Bradley, and they basically used him as like a new Captain America once because Steve went in the ice. And essentially it was kind of based on the Tuskegee experiments where uh, a bunch of black men were uh, unknowingly given uh, syphilis uh, under the guise that I forget what it was just like vitamins or something. And uh, yeah, and it's, you know, one of the horrors of, uh, you know, Jim Crow America, well, essentially. So, yeah. So the fact they introduced him, I love how they introduced him is like, uh, yeah, you know, I kicked his ass back in 51 when he's referring to Bucky. And they dropped them behind the lines in like Korea or something uh, to go deal with Bucky because they kept sending guys and they never came back. So he put him down there and he kicked Bucky's ass and it's like, oh, okay. And then he throws them the medicine box or whatever. All right. When he's and, like know, 80 years old or whatever he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm, but you, you look at what this is, it makes sense that they pulled him in because this is going to be a, Super Soldier series, right? Or, or at least this season of Falcon Winter Soldier is about Super Soldiers as a super concept, soldiers. right? Um, yeah. I'm I'm interested in the this episode of where the new whatever U.S. agent. So he's not called that as such. He has the U.S. agent. Yeah, he's, ca- he's Captain America. He's Captain America, but he's got the U.S. agent outfit the, on. J- yeah, John Walker is the name of U.S. agent. In the but clearly, they've given it. They've given that super soldier serum or whatever it is today, because they gave it to that other dude, uh, the Battlestar guy or whatever his face is. I'm assuming, right? The black guy. Yeah, didn't they give it to the black guy as well? I mean, he had his own sort of name. I'm assuming they've I given mean, him. I guess. So, but but I'm like, okay, so they got these these people of various ethnicities that are the flag smashers that have been that got their hands well, on you recognize the girl right i sort of the girl from solo it's the girl from solo so they're solo. keeping her in the disney family remember at the end of solo the the people that they're chasing and the person he's like i'm gonna kill this guy whoever this guy is and then she takes off her helmet and she's just like this girl oh uh, right, right, right. okay okay that's okay. her that's her yeah. she reminded okay, me of and i didn't know if it was i saw it's probably the same girl 
<clears throat> I saw a version of Les Miserables that the BBC, I think, had done and had the dude who played uh, MLK and the, the English dude. I think he's English. He played MLK in the Selma movie and he played Javert. And, David um, Oyelowo? Yeah, and so I think it's the same girl. Um, Wait, are you talking about the 2011, the 25th anniversary? No, 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 no. It was not the musical version of Les Miserables. It was a BBC oh, multi-hour, like eight-hour version of gotcha, it, or gotcha, six-hour gotcha. version that they like that the local PBS station was showing at the height of COVID. 20, 2019 BBC adaptation. Yeah, and I think it's the same. Eponine. Okay, so she did play Eponine, Eponine right? I think it's the same actress. Yeah. You know, she has like aged a ton, though. I mean. She's either she just gotten older, bigger. Twenty two, yeah. I mean, so she was like nineteen or whatever when it was done. So she played Eponine, um, but she probably had to work out and get fit as fuck in order to do this because she's punching dudes in the face. So she has to at least look the part. She can't look like a um, wayfish. She can't look like girl. Twiggy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Twiggy, Twiggy. Yeah. Everyone, bear in mind. Here's my twenty-four-year-old son. You're twenty-four. Making a reference to a yeah. 1960s supermodel. No one listening to this is going to have a fucking clue who Twiggy is, anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. How old are you? I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the person that reminded me of Twiggy was Liana when we were walking. Uh, we were in Orlando in October because I knew you told me you told me about her, but she wore this dress, and I was like looking at her. And she's like, "What? What's wrong?" I'm like, "No, it's like a very 60s style." Reminds me of like Austin Powers. I'm not trying to be funny. Just reminds me of like she's like, oh, you're talking about like Twiggy, and I'm like, yeah. Like I was like, oh, like that's right. Oh, so for those yeah, who don't, yeah. for those who don't know Twiggy, just think Kate Moss, <laughs> but even skinnier and more androgynous, and and more questioning who who likes this shit. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, but so they have all these people that are don't want they want to. They want to change the world. So, so clearly it's Antifa. So they will be the good guys at the end. Um, and the Flag Smashers. Yeah, yeah, the Flag, smashers, the flag smashers will be the good guys, and the bad guys when will be the were, government. When they were escaping, the, yeah, the bad guys is the power, whoever the power broker is. But like, yeah, yeah, because when they're escaping on the plane and they're all scared, like, they're coming, it's like, I'll solve for you. And I'm like, okay, so these guys, you know, good intentions. You know, well, good, so yeah, good good intentions, perfectly fine. So it's the power broker. Yeah, yeah, because they keep referring to like the power broker, like the guy who texted, because her name's like Carly Morgan Thou or whatever. But it's like the guy who texted her. It's like you took what I want or what I need or something like that. Um, yeah, they're referring to like the power broker. But don't you love how at the end when they tease Zemo, it's literally the same music as when uh they do the whole um ozymandias episode in the watchman series because they're playing the same music okay it's the same so whatever that whatever that selection like okay oh, so so like what oh my so God, they are so they're going to see zemo zemo is i guess locked up but is the point of it like well if anyone's going to know sort of all these sort of disparate groups that are sort of hanging out there Zemo's gonna know, so we're gonna pick his brain. Is that basically what they're saying? Yeah. Okay. It's also weird how this is turning into a buddy. This is like a buddy comedy. Like, like this is like this is Danny Glover yeah. and Mel Gibson, sort of all the sort of back and forth. And I like him cussing and just like saying shit. And it's like, 
okay, this is weird. I mean, they're it's serious, but it's not that serious. Well, it's the the best the best parts are like when you know it's not scripted, like when they basically sit and face each other in the little therapy session. Like, you want to get close? You want it's like okay, let's get. Well, you want to go right or left? What are we doing? Like that's good, but like the part when they're walking down the streets, like what's going on in that cyborg head of yours? It's like. Oh, that's no, 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 no. But, but it's no, there was some other banter where they were just like, the fuck do I know? Or they do something like that. It's very sort of like that little girl just kicked, yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. that. It's like, okay, that's interesting. Um, but you can tell when it's just like it's basically just Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan just kind of ripping or mm -hmm. whatever. Like, you can tell which is which, so there's that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, and then, you know, finally John Walker took that turn. It's like, fine, just no okay, one so, thing. Stay the hell okay, out of Okay, so what's way. the point? So, like, okay. so what's going on here? Is this the, I'm going to make an, I've made a name for myself. I'm going to continue to make a name for myself. I will, I'd like to pull you in and you be on my team because it's got to be all about me. And therefore, okay, so he's going to yeah. be the Donald Trump character. And this is the flag smashers oh. are in T. I'm just I'm just trying to anticipate the way that the writers are it's, positioned. It's not the himself. Donald Trump. Character. Oh, it's it, it's going to turn into so it's going to turn into this guy. This guy who's playing all the humble bullshit at the beginning. It's all going to turn into no. He's doing it for all this glory and power and uh, power. I don't know, but certainly it's the glory and the attention and whatever. He's trying to act all humble and shit. But no, that's it. And uh, and the the song was Zemo, the Lacrimosa from Mozart's Requiem. That's what it is. They, it's the same music they played for Zemo, and they do the still shots of the chest because he's a he's a smart villain. He's a very complex, ma many facets to this villain. That's the thing. Villains can't be they can't be just take over the world so, anymore it has to be you know they're, they're so smart and so so this is every every villain so this is what's amazing so i've seen civil war yeah. twice maybe i do not yeah. remember any of the plot points surrounding zemo i remember the fight i remember i remember the fight between his family his family he's sokovian his family I, was I, killed I, well i i mean i don't need i could not all the Sokovians if someone happened. showed a picture of him in the movie, I would never, I wouldn't put it with Civil War. I just don't recall it. Now, some of this could be age on my part, but I just don't. It's like that is such a plot point. Under in your coffee. But, but it's, a, it's a plot point um, of that movie that I just don't recall. The things that stand out for me is, with Civil War is Spider-Man, Black Panther, the fight where they fought each other. Um, as a groups, and then the fight between Cap and uh, Iron Man. That's all I really remember. And like them out cut, yeah. them all out cutting wood, and you know, I mean, cutting wood. That's Avengers: Age of Ultron. Was that it? Where they started? Was that where they were starting to yell at each other and stuff? That was the beginning. That was the yeah, beginning of the. Uh, okay, of see, Ultron. it's all just blended together. So, anyways, um, that's sad. Uh. No, he was basically Sokovian spe spe spec ops. Sokovian. His, when the Avengers saved Sokovia, quote unquote, his family died. And he basically said the Avengers needed to be stopped because they just caused so much damage, all this other stuff. So he put a plan together to essentially pit, pit one against the other. And he knew about Bucky and that Bucky killed 
uh, Stark's right, parents. Right. And so he used that to pit them against each other. Um, so yeah, they're going to go talk to Zemo, but he basically, he's eventually in this series, he's going to put on that purple mask. So thank God for that. Um, which, so which purple mask? Yeah. Because there are, there were two Zemos in the comics. There's the old Zemo the, who is sort one of the Nazi them, Zemo. The one that makes him look like, the one that makes him look like hooded justice, but it's purple. just a straight mask. Okay. Like he, he almost, yeah, he almost looks like a clan member. Just it's purple. Um, but I wonder if so, they're going to play up so yeah, the justice. Looking the forward, gay. like uh, oh, Zemo. Well. Forget it. So we're going to look at. I know. I I understood. We're going to look up. Uh, or we're. I'm looking forward to the uh, to the next episode. I I mean, so far I love this. I love the show. Love it. Um, but yeah, we should. Uh, I so I watched Invincible. Okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Um, you want to stop? We're 37 minutes in. What? Yeah, sure. Okay. We can stop. Okay. All right. So I watched Invincible. I watched all three episodes. Okay. How how it long is, is each episode? Like forty two to forty five minutes. Okay. Um, very good. And the animation is a lot better than I think we thought. Um, because especially like the fight scenes, the flying around scenes are actually really well done. So it seems like they put a lot of money into those scenes, whereas like yeah, when they're just talking, it's kind of like pretty rudimentary. But yeah, it's really good. It's obviously you know it's R rated, like violent, a lot of blood. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you want me to go deep into it, but no, 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 I'll watch it. I'll watch. It. I mean, if you want to make some high level points, I'm gonna watch yeah, it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be ready to watch it. Um, they basically they're just gonna do one a week, right? Yeah, so they did the first three this week, and then it's one a, one a week after. So, and it's, there's eight episodes. So essentially, it's like J.K. Simmons' character, Omni Man, or Nolan Grayson. He's essentially Superman, and then there are the Guardians of the Globe, who's essentially Justice League, and um, it's about Nolan Grayson's son, Mark Grayson, who just discuss, like he's 17 he just gets his powers it's about just him trying to learn how to use them but he's also introduced to this larger world with other superheroes so like Britta plays uh Jillian Jacobs plays this superhero Adam yeah Adam Eve um okay. and it's interesting because like he stands up to this bully this is all this is all like first 10 minutes of first episode but he stands up to this bully and he gets his ass beat and the girl because he was like hey like leave this girl alone and then the girl he's like that the bully's kind of harassing is played by zuzzy beats from atlanta she also played domino and deadpool too but it's interesting because like the girl yeah you're aware um the girl she plays you said you dig her yeah yeah yeah. uh she's on the list uh but hang on the list of what i won't go into it but uh she, wait, but wait, it's, wait, the wait, character wait she plays, what? <laughs> the character she plays is essentially like her, like the hair and everything. It's basically just Zazie. It's like, oh, okay. See where they got the inspiration from. Um, but it's weird because it, it, he's got this, the way his kind of romantic interests, because he's so worried about his superhero just being a good hero and trying to live up to his dad. Like he doesn't even notice that it's like Adam Eve is interested into him is interested in him, which is British character, and so is this Amber girl. But he's like, he's so uh, oblivious. 
because he's just trying to because he's finally got his powers he just wants to be a superhero but it's interesting because it's like when he gets into it and he actually sees like death and destruction he's just like he basically gets like shell-shocked um so i do like how they kind of tackle that because that seems realistic like he sees an old lady get blasted like a person gets stepped on by a huge mech and like all their guts come out he's like holy shit like it's uh no, it's it's really good. It's um, I will definitely be watching okay. every week. Well, um, I will I I will be up to speed the next time we chat. Okay, because I mean, because on the list for next week is just going to be Godzilla and that pretty much right, and obviously Falcon Winter Soldier. But right, okay. uh, uh, there was actually a movie I saw like three or four weeks ago that I never brought up, but this movie called I Care a Lot. I texted you about it, but I never brought it up on the podcast. Okay. It's called I I Care a Lot. It's on Netflix. It's Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage, uh, Diane Weist. Uh, and I thought they, Diane Weist died. Anyway, no, she's alive. Aisa Aisa Gonzalez is also in it. So Rosamund Pike plays this. She's like a caretaker for old folks, but she's a con woman essentially. So basically, what happens is. She works with these doctors to declare an old person unfit to take care of themselves. So the state appoints a guardian. And she works with doctors so that she gets appointed the guardian. She is put in charge of their assets and she basically sells them for money. Right? I think he talked kinda, about this, but go ahead. Yeah. So Rosman Pike does this to Diane Weiss. Diane Weiss, she lives on her own. She has okay. a nice house, whatever. She rips her off. Not ma- tries to. Unmarried. Always. Yeah, unmarried. All, like, perfect target. The doctor says she's a cherry, which is like, I guess, just code name. Like, she's got a lot of money. She's easy target. She, she could be had. Yes. But Diane Weiss, as Rosamund Pike finds out later, is connected to the Russian mob. Okay. Uh, bad I, move, with, bad with, move on Rosamund Pike's part, right? On Peter Dinklage's part, and uh, she misjudged Chris Chris Messina, who plays Zaz in the Harley Quinn movie, but he, he's been in other stuff. Um, hold on, what has he been in? He was in Julie and Julia. He played Amy Adams' husband in Julie and Julia, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. But like. He plays the mob lawyer that basically comes to be like, yeah, I think you just got her mixed up. But the thing is, he shows up and it's so, it's a black comedy, but it's so like pinstripe suit, gold jewelry. Like it's so over the top. But the thing is, he shows up in court and uh, what's his name? The Ronimal from Cedar Rapids, uh, okay. black guy. He's the judge. And like he shows up in this white suit with black pinstripes, purple tie. Just like the most, the gaudiest thing, gold watch, gold pinky ring. And it's so funny, but it's like, yeah, you just, you know, probably be, it wouldn't be good for you if like you didn't, you know, you didn't let her go. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, and Rosamund Pike just doubles down and it's essentially a fight between her and then Peter Dinklage has to remain like in the shadows, but it's, it's just, it's funny because Peter Dinklage has like these huge bodyguards that are obviously scared of him. So that's funny for obvious reasons. Uh, but like, it's crazy because it is a black comedy, but it gets like serious because it's, it's dark, 
but it's interesting. I don't know. It's just really good. Okay. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. Okay. But all right. What's it called again? I care. I care a lot. A lot. Got to Got to Got to I care a lot. Very, very good. Less than two hours. Okay. Um. What? What? I'm sorry. What platform? Netflix. Netflix. On Netflix. Okay. Yes. It's a Netflix original film. Very, a very good Netflix original film, I might add. Um, but also, what I also nothing liked about Rosamund Pike and Aisa Gonzalez. They're in a relationship together. There's no heavy handedness. There's no preaching about it. It's just the way it is. Who's Who's Aisa Gonzalez? She, John Hamm's girlfriend, Baby Driver. Oh, got it. Okay. She's like an eleven. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, So, so so uh, you say so wait, wait so you're saying she's on the list. I, I don't know if she's married or not. Um, oh, I oh, check. I understand. If she's that, married or has kids, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. So it's the having kids part is the the issue, right? Uh, I, I don't see anything on here. So, yeah, she might she might have to be put on the list. Who knows? Okay. Um, so first story: Godzilla versus Kong. Premieres to $122 million overseas debut. Incredible. 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 Yeah. Uh, China, $70.34 million. And then I just wrote theaters coming back? Question mark. So are, have the reviews come out for this movie yet? Yeah. Um, I think last time I checked, it was at like 78%. On like so definitely reviews. a step up from Long Live the King. Yes. Okay. So Godzilla vs. Kong. Let me see. 78% of 32 critics. The website's consensus. Delivering squarely on its title, Godzilla vs. Kong swats away character development and human drama to deliver all the spectacle you'd expect from giant monsters slugging it out. There was never any character development in any of the movies except for maybe about a John C. Riley. That's about it. Yeah, John C. Riley, man, just bringing that gravitas to a uh, the Kong Skull Island. We're all gonna die. <laughs> so yeah. So so basically, I mean, they just said, "Fuck it, it's all. It's gonna be fun and awesome," is what they're saying. Yeah, premieres on Wednesday, and I'm probably gonna watch it Wednesday. So I'm so. the only thing that, and and we're definitely gonna see it. The only thing, and I think I mentioned this before, <laughs> is the fact that um, um, you know, it probably deserves to be seen on a huge screen because it's so big. But oh, but yeah. whatever. I mean that's fine. It'll it'll, it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll so be, so 122 yeah. million. That is just a huge number. I mean that yeah, is like yeah. more than double than anything that like Tenet did. And admittedly, we're sort of like I mean, well, China. I don't think is. I think China's done with COVID. Um, like there's no real COVID concerns here. And I mean, out in in the markets that they, let me put it to you this way. There are COVID concerns, but it certainly ain't stopping people from going out to see this movie on a big screen. So this is an incredibly smart decision by Legendary to make it fun and show the fights. That's what we're here for. Keep it brain dead and and we'll be just fine. Now, does it yeah, who who are the humans that are not having any character developed in this movie? It's like Alexander. It's not like you know Daniel Day Lewis, but it's like, it's like Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, 
Asa Gonzalez. <laughs> okay. Um, Kyle Chandler. He's so hot right now. Yeah, so hot right now. Um, okay, wait, wait. I'm glad, How I'm do you spell you her name? More. I'm sorry, because I got the computer. Asa, so it's E-I-Z-A. Z-A. Yep, and as soon as I do that. So. Yeah, she's pretty. Yeah. Hang on. If you're into that. Um, yeah, if you're sort no, of so, into that. Um, hold on. What? No, hold on. I'm, I'm trying to find her. Wikipedia. Oh, she's 31 from Mexico City. I did not know she was Mexican. Okay. Go ahead. So anyways. Uh, yeah, but it's like, I mean, it's not like we're getting... You know, it's not like Christian Bale is in this thing. Although Christian Bale is going to be in a Marvel movie. So what? Even the great, even the, yeah, he's playing the villain in um, Thor: Love and Thunder. Gore the Butcher. <laughs> that, that that's that's the name is a bit on the nose. It's, it's like Gore. playing uh, you know, sharp the knife Gore or the something. Butcher. Yeah. Gore the <laughs> yeah. Gore. Gore the Butcher. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, but uh, but I feel like this is the last one, right? I don't. What are, I mean, well, it's not going to be the what last. What are you saying? I mean, I mean dude, what are you saying? You know how many Tojo or Toho or whatever the name of the. Wait, hold on, hold on. Gore the God Butcher. Sorry. Gore the God Butcher. Okay. Yeah. I'm so. sure he's not going to overact at all. Um. Oh no, um, of course not. Well, I would love I would love to see Christian Bale just really just like Gary Oldman the shit out of it. Do that. you think like so what does he come in at? He comes in at about a solid two sixty and just roid it out of his ass or what? Because he's not afraid to he's oh, not no. afraid to do body uh body manipulation. Yeah. yeah, but he's not gonna do it for a Marvel movie. He'll do it for an for an Oscar. He's not gonna do it for a Marvel movie. Um plus he's forty six. I mean he's not a not a young chap, okay. uh, but no. I, I mean, if Mecha Godzilla is in this, unless they're gonna reanimate the corpse of, well, they can't really reanimate it because he's he's ashes now. But of Ghidorah, I mean, I don't, you know, what the hell? Listen, if if there's enough money in it, as Debbie Gibson Debbie Gibson once said, anything is possible. If there's enough money in it. They're gonna bring Flash in and reverse time to bring all the. That's legendary. Guy. I don't think they got the rights. So, legendary Warner Bros. Warner Bros. is oh. part of this. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't Warner think Bros. they're going to pull Flash. It's a co-production. Co- I know. I know. Uh, but anyways, moving on. Viacom, CBS, Discovery shares routed as Wall Street streaming kudos turns to alarm at overheated stock prices. Less than two weeks after hitting all-time highs, both stocks. Entered the home stretch of the trading day down by about 30%. Both stocks have dropped between 40 and 50% since start of the week. Wells Fargo's Stephen Cahall. Yeah, just Cahal? commented. Yeah. Downgraded the shares to underweight. This is Viacom CBS. Downgraded the shares from underweight to equal weight. Slashed his 12-month price target to $59 from $82. Also dropped Discovery to equal weight from overweight with a $59 price target down from $65. Icon CBS began its slide after announcing plans early this week to sell $3 billion worth of stock. So it's, 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 it's interesting. Um, 
Some people have speculated this is a long-term pump and dump um, where everyone has said, oh my God, streaming platforms, this is where it's at. And it's driven a lot of the valuations up. And then specifically with CBS, they realized that a streaming platform isn't going to save this sort of hunk of shit company. And so Goldman, from what I read, unloaded all their shares pre-market on Friday. Um, and it just, and, and they are doing what uh, CBS is doing, what GameStop was doing. And um, what's the movie? What's the movie? Uh, AMC is doing. Well, the stock was up. So let's issue a bunch of equity because we can get it at such a higher price. We can raise a bunch of money. And I'm sure Goldman, who was holding on to a bunch of stock, was saying, uh, well, and then there's another aspect coming into this as well that I'll talk about. Goldman, who was like, well, okay, they're going to sort of dilute our share. Fuck it. We're out. Um, and, and I agree. It's interesting, though, because they dumped a ton of Chinese companies. They dumped like Tencent. And they dumped a whole bunch of other stuff, too along with this yeah and from what i understand uh there's uh hedge funds around the world that had a lot of margin calls based upon this significant decline and so there was a lot of downward pressure on a lot of these stocks because you got a lot of hedge funds that were just uber aggressive and highly leveraged and they took it on the chin and so when the stock is already falling and you have this other company that's too leveraged that all of a sudden has some margin calls, they have to sell too. And that's driving the stock down even more. Um, I don't know if this, I'm, you know, I would never buy like um, a CBS Viacom sort of company. So I'm not going to say it's a good time to buy because I just think that, I just, I just don't think it's a very good company, but it, I think Discovery will yeah, still I, no, be... D- Discovery, Discovery might have gotten ahead of itself. I think that they have a good product and they will do fine. Um, the other thing yeah. that's coming into play, though, is you've got a lot of banks that have some capital requirements. So when COVID kicked, uh, the Federal Reserve took a lot of capital... I'm, I'm going to try to put it in layman's terms. The leverage ratios that they required banks to have. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Way to put it in layman's so, terms. The okay. leverage So, so the, the amount of capital that they hold on their balance sheet, so the amount of net worth that they have on their balance sheet, so assets versus liabilities, that was relaxed when COVID kicked in because the Fed said, hey, banks, we want you to continue to loan money out because we need to keep this economy going. So do not worry about if you take on a little bit of excess risk or you break through your capital requirements because the economy not collapsing is a lot more important than um, you know, you're, you're uh, having uh, too little capital for a period of time. That's all well and good right. if you're a conventional bank that just like collect collects deposits and makes loans. Um, mm-hmm. If you are a bank, let's say like a JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, that does some lending or eh, B of A less so much, they're just a huge consumer bank, but it's a JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. They have significant trading desk setups and they have a lot of assets on the books that can be, that they may be holding under leverage. 
which is a big reason why, let's say, Bear Stearns and all these other companies during the financial crisis crash, because they were holding a lot of debt and they were way too highly leveraged. And essentially, leverage means what is your ratio of debt liabilities to how much equity you have on your balance sheet? Because assets equals liabilities plus equity. But if your assets are, let's say, $100 million and your equity is $95 million and you only have $5 million in equity, if those assets fall down in price hard, you could become insolvent where your liabilities, you have negative equity. Wait, 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 That sounds backwards. You said if your equity was 95% no, no. of your assets, but your liability. No, but I'm saying what you said. No, no, no. Wouldn't you mean if your equity. I'll, I'll, I'll repeat yeah. it. So if you have assets on your books of $100 million, and let's say yeah. your liabilities are $95 million, you have $5 yeah. million okay. in equity. You switched. Okay. You, I yeah. yeah, you switched the verb. Yeah. So yeah. the trick, what happens is, and this is what happened in 2007, all those bonds. Yeah, if you, if you only lose 12%, all of a sudden you're in Yes, yes. Because 95% of, you know, 95% of that liabilities and equity is liabilities or whatever. And so when you lose 12%, you go down to 88 million. And all of a sudden assets, you've got negative sudden, equity. You're, you're 7 million right. in the hole. So, so yeah. what's happening though right. is <clears throat> you have some financial institutions domestically that... W- said, oh, you're going to relax capital requirements because of COVID? Great. We can put on some trades now and get a little silly here. And then Fed announced over the last week that, hey, guess what? April 1st, we're going back to our capital requirements. And they're like, oh, shit, we better unwind these trades so we can get back in line by April 1st. They didn't exactly give them like three months worth of notice. They said, yeah, you got a week or 10 days or whatever it was. And here we are on a Friday and April 1st is what a week. Week, uh, is it Thursday or Friday? I think it's Friday. So um, Thursday. So they're like, fuck, especially over the weekend, we better, we better dump all these leveraged positions out so we can get in better position by April the 1st. So you have this combination of, you might have had this long-term pump and dump that was getting played out by Goldman by hyping up all these other things. Um, you know, be, my impression is Goldman's probably a market maker for some of the stock. That's getting issued. They may not be, but it's like, okay, they just saw a run and they're like, okay, you know what? They're going to issue stock. This is a good time. We're going to get out of it. They got out of a pre-market and a bunch of hedge, hedge funds that were too levered got caught with their pants down. And on top of that, you had other, you had other financial institutions that had to delever somewhat in case they were out of line or even just, even if they weren't out of line, they said, you know what? We don't even want to run the risk of getting sideways. So let's dump a bunch of these maybe um, weird sort of technology entertainment properties that are out there. Right. And yeah, so, so that's what happened. And so, yeah, CBS, good luck. You thought you were going to raise a shitload of money. Guess what? You're only going to raise half of it now. So, yeah. Um, so the Suicide Squad trailer dropped the James Gunn Suicide Squad Okay, trailer. so uh, I, I want to understand the math here with these characters. So, a couple characters. I see um, the the horrendously named Captain Boomerang um, is still on the Suicide Squad, and obviously everyone's Rick Flag. Rick Flag. Is that who that is with the short hair? 
It's Joel oh, Kinnaman, yeah. Fuck. We've got Captain Exposition. Okay. And then um Yeah, but it's James Gunn. It's and James then we have David America's or at least Harley Australia's Quinn. sweetheart, um Mark Margot Robbie. Robbie. And I'd say the world's sweetheart at this point. Is not on the list because she's uh, married. She's married. Bum, 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 bum. I would still never get over the story she told at like the Oscars. How like she gave a guy her number, and she was talking to a guy at a bar, and she said, "So you're gonna call me, right?" He goes, "Well, how am I gonna call you?" And she's like, "Well, you don't have my number." He goes, "No." And he goes, "Well, let me give it to you." I'm like, Margot Robbie, really? Like, come on, what? <laughs> And who is that guy? Like, come on. He's he's dripping with charisma. He doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like, what? She's, you know what? She's um, telling the story so she can present herself as, look, I'm just a regular girl. I'm attainable. I'm, 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 so, I'm normal, so normal. Yeah. You know what? When I was growing up, I didn't go out on dates. I just sat at home. You know, I, I didn't really date much. Mm-hmm. That was the Blake so Lively thing that Amy that Amy Schumer made fun of. Like, I just like reading comic books. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I just it's like I'm. So, I was so nerdy, you know. I watched all Blake Lively say that shit. Went out. Like, no, when Blake Lively when she went on David Letterman, she said, "Oh, I've just had a crush on you forever." It's like, oh my god. Well, well Blake Lively, mm-hmm. listen, I mean. And of course, Dave, but you know, Dave plays along. He's like, yeah, you know, I figured or whatever, you know, that's because it's Dave. So, well, Blake Lively, was, what was that? Um, what was that novel that, um, by that, the, the Carl Hyacin novel, the Florida, the Florida novel guy, the, the, the sort of like Hoot? the Dave, the Dave, is it Dave Barry yeah. of Florida? Talking about Hoot? What was the movie she was in? Are you talking about Hoot? Hoot. And it's like Hoot. she was, she wasn't in that. I, she wasn't in that. It was, was Brie, it Brie Larson. Larson. Well, then, what did I see that? Yeah, Brie, what did Brie I Larson see? Was in. I mean, it was accepted, but what was she? Was she in anything before that of any significance? Sisterhood of the Traveling okay. Pants. I, and and for for she a number of reasons, accepted. I never came within. Like, I I've never seen that movie, and and if I ever do, Alex, just just kill me, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She was in the shallow. Oh no, no, no! I'm just saying. Seeing Blake Lively, initially you're just like cute girl, and at some juncture, I guess it was Green Lantern. You're like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck happened? It's like, but I also did not see. Well, what, was that, show, what was the TV show? What was the TV show that, that um, Gossip yes. Girl? And I guess Gossip that's girl. where she. She she kind of had that strung out like where she was really skinny. Her hair kind of looked all like like matted a little bit and would hang in front of her face and like and she would wear like you know the jeans with the chain on them. And it's like oh okay, so she's trying to go for this kind of like punky like look. And then yeah, when like Green Lantern came out around there and she really got Jeez, the what whole the fuck? you know like. Every, Showing off all the assets, it was just kind of like, yeah. She's but she is like, she's like, you know, like the definition of California girl. It seems like. I mean, she's very sort of like because her um, mom's like famous, right? Isn't her mom's? Yeah, she's from, she's born born in but, L.A. Is her I mom her famous? Parents, like she came from. Her father, Ernie Lively, is an actor. Ernie, who's her mom? 
Yeah. Ernie Lively from Baltimore, Maryland. Real born Ernest Wilson Brown. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Well, so why did he change his name to Lively? What's wrong with Ernie Brown? Um, I don't know. Probably didn't play well, you know, with auditions. Because <laughs> he uh, came in like, yes, my name is Ernie Brown. All right, so back to Suicide so, wait, Squad. So, so, so let's talk through the characters. Is it because... I don't even recall. Did like the dude who sets himself on fire, did he die? Did like a bunch of them die? Or are they just like, no, nah, fuck it. We're going to get characters that are actually more fun. Like what's the, what's the impression? Um, or, or is this no, just, no, just there's like, like there there's like some... 40 of them out there. We just chose these nine to do it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like uh, Peter Capaldi as the thinker. So Malcolm, yep, yep. Malcolm Tucker's in this highly intelligent supervillain. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. John Cena's Peacemaker. And yeah, did I see? Um, was it? Um, I saw. I saw the. I saw Idris the Elba Red Band trailer. Is it? Um, fuck. Who's who's the dude from Mean Streets and uh, um, who um the the pip who who um Harvey Keitel is he in it? No, he's not. Is Harvey no, Keitel? I, Michael Rooker is in it. Some dude who I thought was Harvey Keitel for a minute. Nathan. Okay, Fillion. no, it's not Harvey Keitel. Uh, Pete Davidson is Blackguard, a mercenary who is easily manipulated into ruining his own schemes. What the? I mean, that does sound like Pete Davidson. Um, Pete, Pete, I got the script. This uh, character, your name's all over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, you, you can see. He, hey, hang on. He, 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 hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Of... He's ruined his own schemes. Hang on. Let's just let's just understand. That he has most recently tagged Ariana Grande and who's the English actress? Kate Beckinsale. Yes. So whatever <laughs> those schemes are, listen, if if they're ruined, he had a, he at least had a good run for a minute or so before before the schemes might have been ruined. Uh, Alice Braga as Soul Soria, uh, David Desmalkian as Polka Dot Man. So what uh, is Daniela what is, Melchior as Ratcatcher okay, so Two. What is Polka Dot Man's? I mean, I I Power. think of can turn the polka dots covering his costume into a variety of devices. Dad, just what did you think? Of I thought I thought it's classic James Gunn, and it's going to be fun, and it'll be fine, and I'll watch it probably the day it comes zany. out. I I'm I'm no, I'm a little it. concerned where. They were walking through the woods and they talked about there was like a bunch of dicks and dude would eat it. And I'm like, that's not, yeah. I mean, fine, but it's not funny. that funny. I mean, I mean, it's not funny, funny like that. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I find more humor in comedy of manners or whatever, maybe or something. I, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, come from the guy who was crying laughing from singing Sex Farm and Big Bottom last week in our unreleased episode. Yeah, but but like, oh, Sex yeah. Farm is like a... When, when you think of a romantic... Um, you know, I think what we're doing is actually very complex. You know, you know songs like Sex Farm and that's uh, what they say during the credits or that's what Harry Shearer's character <laughs> says. You know, when I think about what we're doing... So I'm going to reiterate the point that I made on the episode that did not get released because of the technical difficulties. 
please everyone watch this is final tap immediately so. yeah this is final tap watch it. But all right so you what do you think it? i liked it the thing that i saw well it's like somebody there were a lot of people that were just kind of like oh that trailer just wasn't very good and it's just like well look fine. the first trailer for the 2016 suicide squad well, it's like the first trailer of the 2016 Suicide Squad, people were hailing as like one of the best trailers ever made. Me included. I thought that was a great effing trailer. But, I mean, we saw the movie we got, and it was reshot to shit, and all these people are now calling for the, the cut. And it's like the problem with the air cut is that his um, script wasn't correct. His script should have been them going after the Joker, not them going after Enchantress and her cgi brother so and at the but, end yeah. it's like a um, giant starfish i'm trying to i'm just I like yeah, what are they I, I mean that's the thing it's like okay it's james Gunn. i mean there better be a big bad that's worthy enough as compared to something weird and goofy and then it's just like oh yeah but whatever it is james gunn why, why is it why did this turn yeah, into yeah but, but i mean yeah. it's i mean yeah. It's got to be. I mean, uh, Margot Robbie's not doing it. This if it's complete shit. I mean, I'm sure she signed on for seven movies anyway. She has to do it. She but did I mean, Suicide Squad. She did Suicide Squad. She did The Legend of Tarzan. I she mean, was in that. Come on. Yeah, I never yeah, saw. Yeah, she that. played Jane. That was on TNT last week when I was at the gym. And is it? Hang on, hang on, Alex. Alex, Alex Margot Robbie. Hang on, hang on. Is it? Is it let me ask. Still. Is it worth seeing? Oh, I mean. Oh, wait. Is it, I, I'm, that, no, that I'm just asking. Just... Based upon who you said is it's is in it, are there are there certain parts okay. of the movie that are worth watching? Uh, I mean, yeah, when she's in the jungle. Okay. You know. Gets hot in the jungle. Anyways. Yeah, but it's like um Bo Derek was in Tarzan we, the Ape Man and what? she was like it's okay, PG, so it no. is PG thirteen. The, the answer is no. no. But anyway. <laughs> no, no. Uh all right. So it's 33 minutes. I'll uh, I'll start another one. Okay. All right. Next. So Disney shifts Black Widow and Cruella to day and date release in theaters in Disney Plus, jarring the summer box office. Of course so, they did. <laughs> Cruella stops at May. T- <laughs> no way, no. Cruella stops at. Uh, sorry, <clears throat> let me restart this. Cruella stays at May twenty eighth. Black Widow moves to July 9th Summer Pixar movie Luca will go straight to Disney Plus exclusively on June eighteenth. It will not have a domestic theatrical release. Also, that is not wait, wait. including premiere access. What will not so, have a domestic release? Luca, the Pixar movie. It's called Luca. Okay. Um, I hope okay. your child is a masculine child. No. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what right. I think. But Cruella and Black Widow are gonna have the premiere access tag attached, so you have to pay thirty dollars. But Luca will not. So Luca will be re- released like Onward and Soul is gonna be were released. However, I hope this is not a trend for Pixar movies to just go straight to Disney or their animated movies in general. I would still like to see their animated movies go to theaters, you know? So I'll just say that. Um, um, do you think, do you think that they're releasing it? Why do you think they're going Pixar branded movies and um, going, 
Do you think this is a strategy to take Pixar branded movies and have it be Disney Plus? Or do you think that the soul was very good? Or do you think that or do you it think was that onward? I mean onward looked, was, I really liked onward. Yeah, well, well, onward, onward just got caught. I mean, onward yeah. was sort of out yeah, was for out like for a like week, a, and then COVID like hit. Two, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sweating. I, I mean, I, I don't look upon that. That movie was just wrong, right, wrong place, wrong time. They got to do something with it. That's what they're doing. I'm thinking more along the lines of um, Soul. They had to do something with it. I'm thinking, you know what? It's not a movie that's going to engender a lot of people that's going to want to see it because it is a very inward movie and there's no there's nothing like branded about it that's going to say oh i recognize that character corella deville i'll pay 30 dollars for that soul did not have that luca is this because there's nothing branded about it therefore it's it's really original i mean or do you think it's like no, this shit isn't very good. So let's just get it out. It's done. Because uh, Pixar's had Pixar's had its share of sort of. I mean, the last Cars dinosaur two, Cars, or yeah, Cars two, Cars three, the good dinosaur. Cars three is pretty good. Okay. Um, Bro, I'm not saying it's Incredibles. Well, if it's I mean, Incredibles, it's why it's, try? If it's not Incredibles, why why try? I'm just saying. Well, they try. Well, so was was it gigantic? That was the Disney movie. Was gigantic going to be a Disney movie, or was that a Pixar movie? Uh, that was a Disney, I think that was movie, a Disney right? movie. Okay, yeah, that was the one where they spent however long. They probably put a hundred million dollars in that movie, uh, and they just pushed the button. They were going to make a Brazil uh, country in fucking Epcot around gigantic. They already had it sort of like laid out, and then they realized. We have story problems after spending a hundred million dollars, and then I'm like, the f- "How the fuck do you have story problems after you spend a hundred million dollars? How about you all write the script first instead of saying, here's, here's the concept, little man, big girl.' It's like Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman, but Brazil, great." Let's fast track it. Here's $50 million. We'll give you the next 50 in six months. Go do it. And then they go visit it, and it's like, oh. How does that happen? How the fuck does that happen? The premise for this movie, in a seaside town on the Italian Riviera, a young boy named Luca shares adventures with his new best friend, Alberto. Oh, that's right. But Luca that's and right. Alberto and they're sort of like uh, a secret. They're, like both, they're like merman or something. They're both right? sea monsters from a world below the water surface. Okay. All right, so... The new release schedule, Black Widow. It's going to come out on Jeff Fisher Day, July 9th, 7-9. Free guy. Jeff? Jeff, Jeff Fisher. Fisher Day? Yeah, the coach, Jeff Fisher, the football coach. Set, who always oh, 7-9. Yeah, very, very good poll. Yeah. Okay. That's a joke I heard from, I forget who, I think it was like Dylan in high school or something. But uh, free guy, Jeff Fisher uh, Day. 8-13, oh, sorry, August 13th, Shang-Chi, September 3rd, King's Man, December twenty second, twenty twenty one. I will be there for the King's Man. Uh, no, are they now? Are they so? Wait, is this day and date? Is this all day and date stuff? Um, no. So the only one that's been confirmed day and date is Black Widow. They haven't said anything about Free Guy, Shang Chi, well, Cruella. Yeah, Cruella. But I'm saying beyond that July 9th date, they haven't said anything about those movies. Okay. Deep Water, January fourteenth, twenty twenty two. Death on the Nile, February eleventh, twenty twenty two. I mean, hell, Army Hammer might be arrested by that point. 
it might be in court. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be fun to do those Zoom promotions. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that'll be great. He can't he can't visit us, but he's sitting in an orange jumpsuit <laughs> on a Zoom call. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun doing it. Um. Could, couldn't eat anybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a joke there. I don't have the time to come up with it, but I'm not going to waste everyone. Well, I'm sure um, he's cr- sure he's eating a lot in prison. Cruella, Cruella, share footlongs. So Cruella Dane date. What do you think? They've re- they've released it to enough critics, and it's been panned by enough people to say, "Yeah, we're going to Dane date this man." Oh, you're saying it's It'll been be released fine. released to critics right now? Well, I mean, Cruella, I can't imagine Cruella was ever going to pop. Yeah, they released another trailer um, for it. And it's, again, it's only like a minute long, which is like if you release two trailers and they're both only a minute long, I think that's kind of bad. Um, like you can't give us a two and a half minute official trailer. And but the second trailer just so, looks not look great. So so they need a million people to make $30 million. Yeah. And. They just need a million. I think Black Widow is going to get like five million views, I think, on Disney. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna see all that money at once. Yep. Like. Yep. So, and and hopefully, so so that's the other thing. For these movies that sh- only stream, like when they did the Snyder cut, like do they release it to critics to watch? No. Oh, and oh, then they to watch? It? Yeah, or yeah. How, how does that work where yeah. it's only like... They'll release uh, it to critics to watch. They'll give them like a link or something. I don't know if they really send okay. DVD screeners anymore. But here we go. So okay. Disney declared Raya in The Last Dragon a success without releasing any numbers. So... Um, as Charles Lawton said, you... They're a liar! I said when she was working for the TV guide, (laughs) (laughs) she was now, she was then, is now, and forever will be a chronic and habitual liar. Why? So, why do you think that they are choosing to lie about Raya's success or lack thereof? I don't know if they're lying. Or, or do you think that enough people bought it? And guess what? It is. I think enough people bought it, and the fact that they get all the money. I really don't think they're lying. I just think a bunch of kids probably wanted to watch it. And, you know, I I think, like, when when they say it's a success, it, I think purely it is a thing of, like, it cost $100 million. They made, I, I mean, that's the thing. Just to think that... Has, has, Disney, has Disney ever come out and admitted a movie has failed. Yeah, the Lone Ranger. <laughs> did, John Carter. Did they you know Okay. Good, uh, good, did they say that about a good Did they say that about a wrinkle in time? wrinkle in time? No, I don't think they did. Maybe they did. I don't know. I would have to go look it up. But but did they actually say it was a failure? No, but they come out the, Or do they no, just say, no "Oh, company, you know, it had no its moments." Never and... says that. They'll just say it didn't do what we wanted it to do. That's that is the okay. that is the line where it's like it failed, you know. Um, so hold on, I'm looking up a wrinkle in time right now. Uh, let's see. Okay, no quote. Well, the only way Disney is only going to say something like that on their uh, they Investors never say call. anything in their earnings. 
Yeah, but they would not get specific. They would talk about the successes. Yeah. And 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 they had tons of successes the year the Wrinkle Time came out, so they don't even have to talk about how it didn't yeah. work. So I mean, I mean, I don't know if you had anything else to say other than they're just shifting stuff back. I mean No, no, no. Other than other than I'm not surprised. The economics are too good. If you can get enough people to push the button on streaming, which I mentioned on yesterday's call that they get all the money where I I mean, what is it? They get forty five percent of ticket sales. Is that right? Um, well, Disney negotiates a little harder than that. I think Disney. Gets, but let's just say it's fifty. Let's say it's fifty percent. Probably more, but is it, or, or okay, let's say it's sixty yeah. percent. If if they can get like a two percent penetration on Cruella, so that's going to be two percent on on a hundred million, right? Two percent on a hundred million. Sixty million dollars in cash, straight to them. Which they'd have to basically pull a hundred million dollar weekend or week uh, or weekend of uh, the first weekend of Cruella at least at least and um, Cruella's not a hundred million dollar opening weekend movie. No, period. it's probably it was never going at to best. Be. It's probably like thirty five at best. I don't think I don't think two million people push the button. No, maybe a million people push the button, but it's even still, a sixty or seventy million. million dollar opening. Even a sixty or seven, even like a seventy million dollar opening for that movie would be good. Mm. And if it turns out that it's not kind of shitty, which I think I don't think it's going to be very good, um, then it'll have legs, and then more people will buy it. So right. it'll be fine. So now there's something you actually might be shocked about. But so Real Cinema is going to open in April. Parent Cineworld and Warner Brothers reach multi year deal to show WB films in U.S. and U.K. beginning in 2022. Warner Brothers theatrical films will have a 45-day window of theatrical exclusivity at Cineworld's Regal Chain. 31 days, so it's 31 days prior to PVOD, but there's an extended window of 45 days for films that open to an agreed-upon box office threshold. Also, Cineworld reports first-ever annual operating loss at 2.26 billion, raises more cash as reopenings loom. Uncertainty lingers. For year ended, so, hold on. For so this is for year ended December 31st, 2020. So they had $724.7 million profit in 2019. They'll reopen in the U.S. on April 2nd and May 17th in the U.K. The boss, Mookie Breidinger, says Cineworld actively negotiating evolving theatrical window terms with studios. All right, go ahead. So I I just want to – so they'll release a movie in 31 days after the release. They'll put it on PVOD, and is it 45 days from PVOD release? No, it's 45. It's days 30. From it for a normal release for any movie that doesn't hit whatever box office threshold. It's 31 days. If it hits, let's say it's 50 million. If it hits that, it's 45 days. Before, for PVOD before, and streaming before going to PVOD. No, just PVOD. And then I what think about streaming? It doesn't matter at that point. That's to the studio's discretion whenever they want to put it on streaming. For example, Tenet is coming to HBO Max like next month, but Tenet came out in September. But Wonder Woman's going to come, who knows? We don't know. So, but like Disney, they, Disney, it's three months after whatever premiere access. They did three months for Mulan. They're going to do three months for Raya. So it's, it's whatever their discretion is. So I don't know if you had any thoughts because okay. I know you were like, oh, I, no, they're going to keep going with this day and date stuff in 2022. And it looks like they're not. 
They're just going well, to make the deals, make the deals just like uh, Universal making making all but, their deals. But but what that's going to mean is HBO is going to pick and choose what titles they even choose to put in theaters. I think. Yeah, I'm sorry, sure. not HBO, but Warner. Warner yeah. is going to choose what titles they even sh- want to put in theaters Probably. because they're going to say, you know what. These things will pop in theaters because yeah, because they're going to have their one- Godzilla would pop in the theater, right? Right. As compared to um, Nomadland, not that they put that out, but Nomadland probably not a movie, though. Though sort of critically acclaimed, because I don't know if anyone's seen it actually. No, but you're talking about like that movie that I watched. That was a Warner Max movie, not a Warner Bros movie. But uh, Unpregnant or whatever. They're not going to put that out in theaters. So just Right. Which is a good movie, good little movie, but they're not going to put it in theaters. Um, right. So, yeah. Uh, but did, like, even, like, Lady Bird or whatever, that sort of little quirky movies that critics love? Yeah, I are mean, they, but the thing is, Lady like, Bird... Movies like that... That's not, like, that's movies like that Lady even going to get... Lady Bird is not a good example because that was an awards darling. So Lady Bird did make money. Lady Bird made $79 million on a $10 million budget. Which the movies you want to talk about are like the nice guys. Like the nice guys isn't going to come out in theaters. They're going to throw nice guys on a streaming service, unfortunately. Like $50 million 1970s detective movie. It's just like that movie didn't do very well in theaters. But what a $10 that million had to do dollar- with release date, it shouldn't have come out in May of 2016. It should come out in like January, February, or like November, October, November. Or like September. It should have come out August, September, really. So, so do awards else. bait movies have to be shown in theaters now? Has the um... yeah awards bait movies always had to be shown in theaters? They have to be shown in theaters for at least one to two weeks. Or are you referring to the fact that it's the pandemic? No, no, no. I, I I'm just saying on a go forward. I know this year is weird, but I'm just saying if if a Lady Bird sort of movie came out in 2023 and it's a Warner Brothers movie and they said this is really good and it's awards baited, but they said you know we're just going to choose to put it on HBO Max because. That's what we're choosing. We're not going to choose to release it. Does it automatically, because it is not released in a movie theater, will it never be considered for any sort of in awards? In a normal year, no. You have to at least release it in... It's got to go in New, New York, York and L.A. New York and L.A. Weeks. for at least two weeks or a week or okay. two weeks because that's what Netflix says with their movies. So, okay. so, yeah. so even those small awards-baiting movies will get theater yeah, they'll exposure. Get their, they'll get their limited release in December. Usually. And it just depends what the and uptake is. And they get their is, wide release in January, February, as the awards buzz comes and more and more people see them. So, but but the, but the question the question that's there is: it gets the limited release. Does it benefit the company greater to stick it on HBO Max and just have people watch it there? And it builds the HBO Max brand as an example, or Disney or whatever, as compared to sticking in a movie theaters. Um. I think that's the economics of it. And it's hard to quantify the economics of what's the benefit, you know, because if it's not doing a premier access thing of push the button and pay $5 and we'll, you know, do whatever um, that that's just, you know, I, I, does it HBO max doesn't seem to have the mechanism in place though, to um, do a premier access thing, because it's like, if you have HBO, your cable provider you have hbo max so how would they work that whereas disney it's like you have to pay you have to have a credit card set up with them directly right, right. so yeah you know anyway um so the next story i had bo burnham will play larry bird in hbo's los angeles lakers series um so, so there for the snarky shit talking clearly <laughs> well also i mean bo burnham is like six six 
Um, but it's like Bo Burnham's definitely gonna have to put on some weight because he is a string bean. Um, so there's that. Uh, but he's joining Michael Chiklis as Red Auerbach, Sally Field as Jesse Buss, Adrian Brody as Adrian Brody as Pat Riley, John C. Riley as Jerry Buss, Jason Clark as Jerry West. This is Adam McKay's HBO series. Yep. That yep. we know Uncle Richard is going to watch. Um, I know we talked about it last week on the unaired episode. Is there? I don't know. I don't know if you wanted to repeat kind of what you said just about this show. But I, I think it's uh, I, I think it's really going to be interesting. This is a crazy cast. Mm. Um, I hope it's not a hagiography. Right. Um, uh, who's playing Kevin McHale? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they they got a bunch of basically a bunch of like athletes turned actors that are playing a lot we, of them yeah we, we need to, we need to get like a, yes correct or yeah athletes turn actors like kareem is played by some ex-basketball player i think yeah um we need to talk to uncle richard to figure out who's playing like jerry seething or ml Carr or um um uh chuck nevitt or these guys that sat at the bottom who's playing ac green um who and he didn't sit at the bottom of the bench he started sort of near the end of the um thing but it'll be interesting because they go back to the Norm Nixon days. I mean, Pat Riley's in it, but Paul Westfall is probably going to be there. And that was before his run at Loyola Marymount because he was coach of the Lakers before Pat Riley Team got Paul brought Westhead. in. Paul, Paul Westhead. Westfall, sorry, yeah, Paul Westhead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Paul Westfall is the dude who just died. Yeah, um, and also the name of uh, one of Brian Fantana's testicles. What? In the name Paul Westfall? He says uh, – Call my penis the octagon. My testes are Paul Westfall and Dr. Kenneth Noisewater. Player Cardright, okay. Player Cardright, you might get to meet the whole gang. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Um, that's uh, that's a deep ball. Yeah. Um, as it were. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, but I, you know, I'll be interested. I'll, I'll just be interested to see who they have playing. Um, the, the more obscure, which they probably won't, but uh. It's all, it's going to be a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, like I wonder, like is have they casted Isaiah Thomas yet? Because they have to cast that person because they're the ones who knocked the Lakers off the perch. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, Sony and PlayStation Productions developing Ghost of Tsushima movie with John Wick's Chad Stahelski directing. So Ghost of Tsushima has sold over six and a half million copies. Developed by Sucker Punch Studios. Uh, game took inspiration from Kurosawa films. There's literally a Kurosawa mode in the game. It's just black and white. That's all it is. Uh, black, <laughs> well, it's black okay. and white. Black and white, and they actually speak in Japanese. They did a whole Japanese dub um, for the game. Okay. Uh, centers around samurai warrior Jin Sakai, the last surviving last surviving member of his clan, who must set aside the tradi- traditions that have shaped him as a warrior to wage an unconventional war for the freedom of Tsushima. I just wrote love everything about this. Um, the game is amazing. Like the game is incredibly. Have you beautiful. played the game? Uh, I haven't played the game, but I've watched like the whole game. Um, but it's it's like what's interesting is so Sucker Punch I believe is an American studio, and Japanese outlets gave the game like ten out of ten. And usually Japanese outlets like if it's like made by. Sucker Punch Productions, not Sucker Punch Studios. Sucker Punch Productions. Uh, based in Bellevue, Washington. Like, if it's made by, like, an American company, if it's made by anybody outside of Japan, it's about Japanese traditions. Yep. Like, usually they are yep. very, 
Yeah, Bellevue is um, right in Seattle. I mean, it's it's a suburb of Seattle. So. Yeah, so like they're very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? So, so like, here's the. So I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. So this is a game. Yeah. That is sort of samurai Kurosawa. I'm assuming. Yeah, essentially, this guy he's a samurai, but he essentially uses unsavory methods like stealth and everything. He kind of becomes a ninja, which is seen as dishonorable, and to basically fight the Mongols and you know drive them back from Tsushima. Okay, so so it's really weird. You have a game that sort of harkens to these sort of Kurosawa-ish type of themes to the point that they've got a Kurosawa mode in the game. Mm. And so now they're going to take up, they're going to make a movie on a game based on a Kurosawa theme sort of vibe. And I'm like, are you asking for trouble to get compared to a Kurosawa? Kurosawa. (laughs) I mean, it's like, guys, it's been done and it ain't going to get done any better than this. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's if, a good brand and people if, will watch Chad, it, but just understand. Stahelsky, I'm just saying, if Chad Stahelski is directing, it's not going to be, he's not going to try and ape Kurosawa. I'm just going to say that. Let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to try and ape Kurosawa. It's not, that's not what's happening. I mean, come on. I mean, here's the deal. Kurosawa did Star Wars like 20 years before Star Wars. Well, I mean, yeah. He already did it. It's done. It was already done. <laughs> I mean, he did the Magnificent Seven before, before the Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven. Yeah. I mean, he did. The word Rashomon exists. Yeah, yeah. The word Rashomon exists because, because the whole it was the title when the title of a movie becomes something becomes. It, the, I mean, the verb yeah, or becomes the, the thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, among other things that he's done. I mean, he did Ron, which is uh, I think King Lear. I think and um, Jimbo. What? Hilarious. Very funny. Okay. Um, you almost got me. Um, but <laughs> uh, that's like there's a Barry. There's a Barry. If you you gotta watch Barry. But there's this great thing where a cop is giving a press conference. He's like, yeah. So like the murder was done, or the such and such was found. It's like a like the old Kurosawa movie. Uh, it's like a, a Rashomon, if you will. And all these reports like Rashomon. Da, da, da. And he's explaining oh, that. Well, he's explaining the thing. It's like, uh, where can we find? Where can we find these movies? It's like, uh, you know, local video store maybe. Da, da. Is that the only movie he did? Oh God, no. He was he was very prolific. Uh, he did. Uh, it's like the. <laughs> it just turns into this. It turns into this. Yeah, Kurosawa. You yeah, know, the guy's just a big Kurosawa fan. Yeah, but um, the last story I had Black Adam. How many? Hang on, hang on. Like, how many Kurosawa movies are on? There's like a bunch. It feels like there's a handful of them on HBO Max. Right, and a Rashomon sure. is for sure. I've okay. yeah, I think I've yet to see a Kurosawa movie. Um, well, if you're gonna watch the Seven Samurai, which Yo is Jimbo amazing, became so Yo Jimbo became a fistful of dollars. <laughs> Did and, we take everything from this guy? <laughs> like what? Jesus. Well, he's the guy. Like if you ever watch, and you hated it, but if you ever watch the um, the story of film, which is that. Is that the British guy talking? The British guy oh that will God. tuck you in. Okay, so he does a whole thing on Japanese cinema, and it talks about Kurosawa, and and you just notice, like, yep, he was the first guy to do this, he was the first guy to do this, he was the first guy to do this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and you're like, oh, shit. He is somewhat, you know, Akira Kurosawa somewhat 
somewhat influential. In, yeah. In, I mean, I mean, you know, like big time, like big, big, big time. Um, but yeah. Oh, so Yojimbo became a fistful of dollars. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And it led to a lawsuit by Toho. Um, so yeah. But like Tashiro and Fumi, who was like the actor who was like the main one in a handful of his movies. That guy, that guy was in damn everything. Over 150 feature films, best known for his 16 film collaboration with Akira Kurosawa and such works yeah. as Rashomon, Seven Samurai, The Hidden Fortress, Throne of Blood, and Yojimbo. And The Hidden Fortress is Star Wars. And he was in the NBC television miniseries Shogun, which they're remaking. Uh, for oh James uh, Clavell Shogun with Richard, with Richard Chamberlain yeah and then he was in uh he was in 1941 the Steven Spielberg sort of mess oh yeah about the um Japanese supposedly bombing or attacking a, a a California town I think and you look at that cast look at look at who's in that movie and look at who directed it and you're just like how did this how, how did this bad. not work. Yeah. If you look at the cast from 1941, it's like, yeah, like everyone's in it. John Belushi, John Dan Candy, Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd, Christopher Lee, uh, Warren Oates, <laughs> Penny Marshall, Robert Stack. Uh, yeah, it's R- Robert Stack, who was who played um, uh, in The Untouchables. He played Elliot Ness in The Untouchables okay. um, TV show, TV show. But he was in. Um, he's he's the host of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> oh great that guy um all right so black adam pierce brosnan casts as dr fate fate is a founding member of the just society who becomes a being of great power when donning the magical helmet of fate um so is this a so black adam is like a anti-hero type guy villain he's really more of a villain but he they're they're gonna turn him into an anti-hero because it's the rock so um yeah. So he's uh, like it's he's, just he's be mainly wrestling. a villain. It's wrestling. It's wrestling all over again, right? I mean, this is just yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I hope I hope they, it's complete with the now immortal Twitter clip of the Rock going, "Shut up, bitch!" <laughs> as long as we can have, look, I, I just need a movie to have the people's eyebrow. Yeah, because I mean. <laughs> there hasn't been enough of that, and be cool, and you know. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw and hell, even Moana, he does it. Does uh, he do the people's eyebrow? Yeah, and Moana, his character does it. When Moana first meets him and she's struggling over her words and they the camera goes back to him, he's doing the, the he's doing the eyebrow. Yes. The the greatest thing on a wrestling thing I remember seeing is someone had their version of almost a pop-up book and they had like you pulled the tab and the eyebrow goes up and down on a sign. Oh god. It said the people's it was like, my God wrestling fans are they are just their own sort of thing i i i'm i'm just well i mean the whole stone cold just like one beer what two beer (laughs) like i was nervous you know this is a dry county so i went to the liquor store got some alcohol more specifically vodka what (laughs) whiskey what beer what tequila what more beer so so i take bobby to SummerSlam in tampa Uh, in 2000 and 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 the closing match had stone cold steve austin because he was sort of the most over guy there and literally after he wins 
he basically spends 10 minutes going to each corner, standing up, facing the crowd outwardly. And there's a dude throwing beers to him at each corner, three or four. And he's opening them and doing this combination of drinking and pouring them all over his head. And he goes to each corner and spends a minute. And that was like the closing thing of sort of, Anti-hero gets beers thrown at him and he's just oh sort of just drinking them there. I, I just and it was so funny because you just see the guy just throwing them to him from a distance. Like he's standing there. He's got yeah. he's like sitting there with like a t-shirt, like his shirt is out untucked, and it's just holding like 15 cans of beer, and he's just slinging them up to him like two or three at a time. So he could just like just pour them all over himself. And that was the height of entertainment in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. That was the height of entertainment. Um, so real quick, this is the last thing I had to look this up. Cause I knew I can't, I went past it, but I didn't put it in the notes, but you're going to love this. The long gestating national treasure television series has been greenlighted with a 10 episode order. The project from the film's producer, Jerry Bruckheimer and original writers, Marianne and Cormac Wibberly. <laughs> is that a real name? Cormac Wibberly. Yeah. Yes, is okay. a reimagining of the National Treasure franchise. Oh, oh my God, no way! Written, written by the Wibberleys and to be directed by Mira Nair, who's actually, or who's actually a pretty good director. The series explores the timely issues of identity, community, historical authorship, and patriotism. Oh told my from the, God! Hold on, Dad. Hold on. Told from the point of view of Jess Morales, a twenty-year-old dreamer, who dream all caps, and then er, who with her diverse group of friends, sets off on the adventure of a lifetime to uncover her mysterious family history and recover lost treasure. Jess Morales is taking the torch from Benjamin Gates, the National Treasure film's protagonist, played by Nicolas Cage. And I'm just waiting for Nicolas Cage to pop up in a cameo. Because you know... So, it's not, it won't happen in the first season, but you know he's going to want in on it. So is it possible to kill a series with fire? <laughs> Uh, not this one. The, the the development of the National Treasure series has been on parallel tracks with the long gestating prequel hold, hold on, hold on. to John Turtletop's movie franchise starring Cage, which brought in Chris Bremner as writer in January 2020. Trequel? Yeah, that's what it says. Trequel. Third one. So hold on. So Disney owns this property. Yeah. Where is this going? What is this going to be on? Disney Plus. It's going to be on Disney Plus. gotta be fucking kidding me this horse but it's mira it's mira is it pronounced nair because i think she's indian but it's mira nair you know she did um she did she did mississippi masala yeah uh, that had uh that had denzel Denzel washington and like falling in love with some um, indian girl i think what else did she do? She did Queen of Queen of Katwe, uh, which okay. was the chess movie. That's the chess movie with Lupita Nyong'o. It's a Disney movie. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, David Oyelowo. Um, it's actually really good. Just nobody wants to go see it. Yeah, ninety-three percent Rotten Tomatoes, seventy-three on Metacritic. Um, she did. Uh, she did Amelia. Oh wait, no, that's that's <laughs> that awful Hillary Swank Amelia Earhart movie. Um, hold on, what did, what did she do? <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I was like, oh no. I, 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 I just got to tell you that movie, it does not have a happy ending. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. The name, she did this movie, The Namesake, which uh, English language drama film, 86%, 82 on Metacritic. It's like she's got, she's got, she's talented. But, but this is how, this is how this is going to end. The only way America can be redeemed as a country is if it gets, it, it just, this is going to be the most wokey McWoke face horse shit we'll ever see in our oh, fucking existence. Okay. Well, hopefully it's really geared towards kids. So I don't have to, I'm not even somewhat interested in it. So it's national, but, it's national treasure. I, hey, I used to love that. I have no, hey, I know, I know. I it's like they could probably do something interesting with national treasure. But, gotta bring but, back, but you gotta bring back hang on with Nick Cage. But the only way you could talk about the history of America is by talking by about how up America's is by talking about how broken a country we are. And we will yeah. we are forever broken, and the past should be burned down behind us, and we should never look back on it with any positivity. And therefore, the only person who will be able to set this country free is going to be this dreamer character. The 20-year-old dreamer who obviously knows a lot about the world because, you know, she's 20. She's fucking Um, 20. (laughs) Oh, my God. Fuck my life. The hair of my balls are older than this girl. Uh, Well, clearly... Um, my, so anyway, if not my balls, my taint. Uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You're <laughs> Anyways, rate, review, subscribe after you've heard about yeah, how yeah. hairy my taint is. <laughs> oh fucking twenty-year-old, fucking twenty-year-old, fucking twenty-year-old dreamer. Is there any? Uh, is there any? Just, any just, final? Just like stories. Just. Oh yeah, that movie Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. That's getting a lot of. Yeah, that, yeah, it's. I, I don't. I've seen something about it. Um, it, it is it dark? Is it sort of like a dark comedy, or like what is it? Yeah, it's like. I mean, from what I hear, it's literally like John Wick. It's like John Wick, but you know, it's literally the same. <laughs> but with Bob, John Wick, but with Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. You're joking. It's literally the same writer as I, I know. Leach. I'm just saying it's Bob and David Leach. David Leach uh, uh, produced it. Okay, 80% around tomatoes, 65 on Metacritic. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be great. Like, Dude, how great. how heavy the RZA the RZA is in it. Oh, okay. Um, how heavy handed he plays Bob Odenkirk's half brother. Oh, okay. Well, how how heavy handed? I'm sorry. I'm trying to get back to this national treasure. How heavy-handed is yeah, how heavy-handed is this series going to be? It, the end of it is going to be like you know she went out looking for a national treasure, but now we know she is the she is the <laughs> oh my god oh my god I mean I mean how do you how do you say no this is the story and and this this is if you're the Disney executives this is it it they do not they do not believe anything they don't they have no soul they have no soul <laughs> they're just saying whatever we think is going to whatever brain we can social capital whatever we get social capital on and it's an ip that we own do it and here's the deal we'll throw just enough money at this okay and we'll give Except it just enough forget about the fact people forget about the fact that you know 
we cut out these scenes so we could open stuff in China. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, no, 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 we're going to do this. And and we're, we're going to present this as redeeming America when Disney could give a fuck about America. Okay. They get, they only care about whatever's going to make us the most fucking money. And for some of us that are Disney shareholders, I, I think that, um, <laughs> One of the people it. on this call is all over it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But please, um, please, Disney, please don't act like you're doing this because you care about saving America's soul. You could give two fucks about America's soul so long as you can keep making that goddamn money. As I said before, and I will say again, if eating live babies was considered socially acceptable today, there would be movies of it and t- there would be TV shows showing it all day, every day. And there would be merch. There would be, merch be with they, Mickey, the, the, the merch with of Mickey, it with Mickey eating, devouring babies, babies. Yeah. just and shitting out turds with like diapers on them saying, yep, this is great. This is all wonderful. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's how heavy-handed it's going to be. It's going to be. Um, and and here's the deal. If you we I can't watch that show. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I well, this is going to be up there with Sister the Traveling Pants, okay? I'm not If you hear that I'm watching it, that's the sign. It's time. Okay. Okay. All right. If you like the podcast, please rate, review and subscribe. Jesus. Um I still think we're putting good content out there. Uh, (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Did we have a couple reviews that came in and said, this sucks? No, no, no. no. Come on. No one listens to this. Uh, So, so, um, yeah, please rate, review, subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at the all around at uh, the dot all dot round or on Twitter at the underscore all underscore around. I actually just tweeted from the account like yesterday. Because someone was talking about like, oh, Ben Affleck, like, you can tell uh, when, you know, what he filmed uh, during the pandemic, da, 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 da. it's like, he looks so different. And then I literally quote to it, it's like, yeah, because he wasn't drinking, like, come on, guys. Um, did he, did he stop drinking in full? Oh, yeah, you can tell. You can tell. He no, I mean, no, but I mean, is he completely sobered up? Um, yeah. You could just tell, like, if you see how thin no, he is. No, 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 I know he's not, like, puffy and all that in general. But, I mean, did he stop yeah, like, drinking for a period of time? Or did he, thing, like, because no, I remember he did that, like, uh, HBO show with Bill Simmons, and he was just totally fucked up when he did that yeah. one thing about Boston, uh, the Red Sox or yeah, something. Shocker. Oh, wait, shocker. Bill Simmons did a TV show, and they talked about a Boston team. Boston. Oh, yeah. my God. Who but saw no, that coming? Like, he, he, but he was also a little roided up because, like, you, his shoulders and shit were he had that um who's the guy he had that eddie guerrero thing starting to go with his shoulders where oh, it's like, like his lats were too whatever yeah and i'm like oh he's he was on something and so but that's when his like his everything his chest and above looked great but he still had like this belly and like that's why his suit was like his suit because it's like yeah this because this dude is still tossing him back um and then and then like yeah because his latest sit in rehab like he has not he's he stopped drinking and you could tell because it's just like he looks like the town so because when he was doing the town like he wasn't drinking okay like, so so he was he was married to jennifer was he married to jennifer garner 
Yeah. And then he it was it was it did he sober up before they got divorced or was it the process of the divorce and coming out of it that after he, he was fell off the wagon and then he entered into rehab in like 2017. So when he was dropping all the stuff at Dunkin' Donuts, he was sober. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was like last year. But okay. yeah, he was sober. Okay. Like when he was dating. Well, he was. But that's who's the thing. He, like, who's he been dating recently? He's been dating like. He was dating Anna Darmus, but they broke up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, because he was in a rehab in like 2017 and then he was just in rehab again, like at the end of 2019. So. Damn. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we all have our demons. But yeah, if you like if you like the podcast, please rate me and subscribe. Uh that's all I had. I don't know if you had any last words, but no, um Godzilla and I'm gonna catch up on Invincible and anything else? And Falcon Wonder Soldier. Is there anything else we're trying to see? Um, oh, I saw, Ju- I saw Judas and Black Messiah. I did see Judas and Black Messiah, too. Okay, what'd you think? That was good? Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I, I didn't didn't know the guy basically killed himself after he did Eyes on the Prize, too. Oh, yeah. Um, even, though, even though I tried to have you see Eyes on the Prize, but that went over poorly. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. That Oh, you don't? That was when I showed you... Uh, the, the picture of the Bastion Emmett Till face when you were like yeah, eight. I was like, and, and you didn't no, take it like well. And, and yeah, how old you were, and you were sort of like, yeah, maybe I should father the year right here, guys. Thank you. Yeah, because sure, perfectly <laughs> fine. It's all great. You know, let's just show him. Let's just show him a kid who gets his face bashed in uh, the funeral picture. You know, of him that went all over. But, you know, because like went like the worst of racism or whatever. Yeah, fine. My kid's not going to have any problem with that. Sure. Sure. And folks, that's why we do it. Yep. Uh, that's why we make this That's why we yep. make this yep, great yep, yep, content. Yep. We get to hear how terrible a father I've been. <laughs> <laughs> but, listen, right. listen, you will hear missteps all throughout the episodes of, of uh, Adventures <laughs> in Fatherhood. Uh, so. But, uh, and then Mortal Kombat April 16th. So there's that. Ah, but, yeah, we'll um, cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. But all right, I'll, all right. Uh, I'll talk.